Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Marin. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm pretty good. How Ooh. are you? I am also pretty good. Oh, look at us. Starting things off right. What are you fangirling over this week? Oh, so soon. I, I just, um, we got to get into it. Well, I was taken aback, so let me think. Okay. <laughs> you oh. didn't come with oh, an duh. itemized list? It's an obvious one oh, this right. week. Twin Peaks is back. Are you dying? Yes. How mad am I'm actually dying because I watched one and two, and if you have Showtime, you can watch three and four now uh-huh. instead of having to wait. But I'm trying to wait until I go. I am going out of town next week. Ooh, vacation. And I am trying to wait until that time, and I'll give in and buy Showtime, <laughs> do the whole they thing. They got you. They hooked you. But yeah, I'm so excited that so it's back. What are your thoughts? Did you like it? I did. I liked it a lot. It's different. Than the original? Well, it originally aired on ABC. Okay. So it's on Showtime now. Ooh, it's a little more skin and such. I mean, a little more risque. Okay. I didn't need to see the youngest daughter from the nanny's butt. Spoiler. But I did. (laughs) Okay. And then there was just a little more violence. Oh. I mean... Twin, the old Twin Peaks had its share of violence, too. It was more, like, creepy, though, yeah, right? But yeah, but I think because of the restrictions of ABC, they had to work around mm-hmm. things to m- made it a little harder. You know, they still made it spooky, and I liked it that way. So you're saying they're being lazy on Showtime because they can just be like, here's a boob, here's a In a, a way, butt. Uh-huh. it's like, yeah, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. Let's just do what everyone does. Interesting. I like when someone works around it. Gotcha. I, I, but, you know, I like violence, too, sure. <laughs> I appreciate that assessment. Are you mad at me that I'm not watching it? Yes, but you've never watched it. I've never it, watched so, it, yeah. I mean, you had, like, 25 years to watch it, but... <laughs> I was a child. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch it. Maybe, Maybe I'll watch it. I would like to do a feelings forum. Oh, okay. It's on, There's 18 episodes. It's going to be on for a few months. Oh, so I have some time. So, yeah. All right. Well, what are you fangirling over? I am also fangirling over television. I watched... All of season three of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Um, you are not quite yet caught up, correct? I'm getting there. I'm like halfway through. I know, and I knew you I knew you weren't able to watch the whole thing. And so I didn't even want to like tell you that I was watching the full thing because I didn't want you to be upset. And with I, me. I would I would be mad. I know. So I know you very well. Um, <laughs> so I liked it. Didn't love it. Oh. Um I'm loving it so far. You are loving it? Yeah. My thing with it is that the I thought the season one to season two got like exponentially better. Season two is amazing. Best. Yes, yeah. And so I was sort of hoping that that same trajectory would would maintain itself. And I feel like now maybe we're just at a high level of excellence, and I'm just being a spoiled brat about it. Um, but I did. I really liked it. I loved having Kimmy back in my life because it feels like I'm talking to myself. Um, I'm loving her new haircut. It's a little shorter than last season. And I just needed a little bit of brightness, levity, fun on television. Yeah. Titus is so amazing. I mean, there's a Lemonade episode, guys. Like, I'm not spoiling anything. It was, like, all the trailers and stuff. Yeah, and it was an episode two, so. It is delightful. Um, And he's great. There's just, there. I just missed all the things that he calls her. It was very fun. Yeah, I missed the, like, 30 Rock level of jokes. Those are yes. always my favorite. Some of them you kind of miss. Like, you have to go back and be yeah. like, oh, ha-ha, I see what you did there, Tina Fey. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was a big fan. I watched all of it in about 48 hours. Jesus. I, I know. I got to say, though, so we've watched sh- so many shows lately that are 
eight to 10 episodes and Kimmy Schmidt is 13, those extra thir- three over the edge. I mean, again, it's on me. I didn't have to watch 13 episodes of television in 48 hours, but it felt a little denser than maybe I wanted it to. Yeah. Well, 90210 every season is near 30 episodes. (laughs) It's a commitment. It's a commitment. So you just have to, you know, give yourself to the show. They also have 47 storylines per episode. (laughs) So when you do the math, it's a real, real dense show. (laughs) Um, Anything else? Anything else you're fangirling over? Um, I think that's it this week. Okay. I mean, surprisingly. I know, right? Where's your itemized list? (laughs) Um, Should we jump into the episode? Yeah. All right. Okay, so if you listen to our mini, you are aware, but we are going to spend the next few episodes talking about one of our favorite animated shows of all time, Daria. So, no hyperbole, Daria was one of my favorite shows. I can't, I, I honestly can't believe it's 20 years old. It makes me I know. feel a little old. It makes me feel a little old. And Although I, I was pretty young yeah, when it came out. Yeah, so. young. I was thinking that when it came out, I was 14 about to turn 15, so kind of right in the age of the Morgendorfers. Like, I was early, early high school, and they're in high school. Um, But the show premiered March 3rd, 1997, so we're, like, a touch late in our 20th anniversary, but we're still in the year. It's fine. We're in the realm. Yeah. Oh, and before we get down our Daria rabbit hole, um, I want to mention that a couple months ago, Vice put out a great article that's the oral history of Daria, and I think we just need to thank, give a shout out to Ali Conti for blessing us with some of the amazing information that we're going to talk about. Thank you, Ali. We appreciate you. Um, so do we, should we talk about how kind of the, the show came to be? Yeah. Okay, so I think most fans of the show, maybe not everyone sort of just in general. Um, but Daria was actually a spin-off and it was a spin-off from Beavis and Butthead. Uh quick question. Did you watch Beavis and Butthead? No. I'm not a fan. Uh, can you tell from my voice that I'm not either? <laughs> I don't get it. Are we supposed to get it? Because like we're girls? I, I don't think so. But I'm sure there are a lot of girls that watch the show, right? Actually, no. <laughs> Isn't that actually why they introduced yeah. Daria? They, they didn't like, have a strong Ooh, female following. We need a girl. Probably because of, you know, they're always talking about boobs and babes. And butts and stuff. Yeah. And like farts. Well, I mean, I mean, I like, like a good that. fart joke. <laughs> you so. do like a good fart joke. I just never really understood like why they always had their shirts on their heads. I don't know. I didn't get it. it w- yeah. It wasn't made for us. It was have to face facts. But that's basically where Daria comes from is because Yeah, she was supposed to be the answer to this problem, why we didn't watch it. Yes. <laughs> so don't know that it helped necessarily for people like us. Uh, but maybe it helped for some people. Um and so right, real quick, wasn't the original sketch of Daria done on like a napkin or like a paper plate. It was a paper plate. And this is why you should always doodle during a meeting. Because <laughs> you, you never, could be no. creating something very special. Iconic. Um, and so they add her to the show. And she's kind of, she's not like, she's like a side character, right? She shows up from time to time. Yeah. Um, and she's voiced by, you know, the voice of Daria. Yes. Tracy Grandstaff. But only because she was the only woman in the writer's room. <laughs> just by default. Like, hmm. 
maybe a systemic problem at MTV. Like we don't have girl characters. We don't have women writers. What was going on in the mid nineties? Because she has such a perfect voice for Daria. Thank God, magic. I know. What if she was like a total kind of ditzy sounding girl? Yeah. But yeah, basically they were like, hey, you in the corner over there. You want to voice this girl? Okay. You're you're a girl. You're voice a girl. This, let's voice this girl. Um, but you have a clip of Daria on Beavis and Butthead, I right? Do. Let's play it. I don't know anyone else who's willing to make such fools of themselves. <laughs> hey, diarrhea. Yeah? Do you, like, get periods? <laughs> Butthead, why don't you try this experiment? Analyze the friction caused by digitally oscillating your wiener. That was cool. (laughs) Okay, first of all, I gotta say it. Love to hate it that they always call her diarrhea. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. She actually had her own column in the Beavis and Butthead comic books. There were Beavis and Butthead comic books? Yeah, I think there's a comic book for just about everything. Hmm, interesting. But, um... She had her own column. It was called Dear Diarrhea. And it would <laughs> Love be, it. you know, readers writing in questions for her. Um, she also looks pretty different than she does yeah, in I, the actual show. I mean, I see the same face and hair shape. Mm-hmm. But yeah, very different. It's a much little more bit, casual. Yeah. And much um, more sketched, obviously. I mean, it then. goes along with, like, Mike Judge animation. Right. Um, but it's funny that... This character was the answer to the female issue. And um, in a 1998 New York Times article on Beavis and Butthead, they noted that Daria was the rated was rated the lowest among <laughs> Beavis and Butthead's most popular demographic, which was 18 to 24-year-old males. So you couldn't win no. everybody over with Beavis and Butthead. Clearly, the boys were like, we don't like this girl. Like, get this girl yeah. out of here. And the girls were like, we need a girl. <laughs> like, it was... It's, it wasn't going to work. It was a mess. Um, but so basically by the mid-90s, MTV, rightfully so, was getting some shit for just not making any female-targeted content. So, like, they were already getting this shit for Beavis and Butthead. They threw a girl on there. But then the problem sort of grew. And it was like, all right, you have one girl character. Can we can we get a full show? <laughs> um, also, can we get another female writer? But so Nope. No. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, but so what started to happen is they were like, all right, we need we need to make another female show. And so they started getting like pitch ideas <laughs> for some terrible. Yeah. This gave me confidence shows. that I can pitch a show. Oh, really? Like, yeah. I uh, mean, there's one sneeze Louise. <laughs> this one kills me. I love it. <laughs> Why did sneeze Sorry. Louise not get made? At least as like a short. Yeah. But that's about a girl who would sneeze when people are lying. She's like a weird dwarf. It's definitely more of an SNL sketch than a series. Totally. And then there was another show called Drac World, which appeared to be like a pre-Twilight. Maybe like an animated Buffy. I mean, when you describe it that way, I don't hate it. I would have watched it. Yeah. Actually, no. As a kid, I was terrified of vampires. Mm -hmm. So I would watch it now. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then what else? (laughs) Missy the two-headed girl, who was two personalities in one body, and... One just called Cartoon Girl. Really? So lazy. Yeah. <laughs> so they clearly weren't getting the quality yeah. that they were We need were an animated for. show about a female. 
Oh, cartoon girl. Oh, cartoon girl. But so basically, this guy, John Garrett Andrews, who was a supervising producer on Beavis and Butthead, was just like, uh, hey, remember that girl we threw into the mix? Maybe we should give her her own show. And Mike Judge, who, again, created Beavis and Butthead, also King of the Hill, Office Space? Yes. Yes. Um, he was on board. He just didn't want to run it. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he had a lot on his plate. I mean, Beavis and Butthead was massive. I remember it being like a huge deal. So he was probably very busy. Yeah. With his all those 18 to 24-year-old boys to... And if like that was his baby, mm-hmm. I don't think he was very interested in what Daria had to say. You know? Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Because she basically was like this character that, you know, was just sort of supporting of Beavis and Butthead. And that mm-hmm. was his focus. And it was like, all right, fine. Somebody else needs to give her, like, bring her to life. Um, So who was that person who brought Daria to life? So they went to Glenn Eichler, mm-hmm. who, okay, everyone basically who worked on Daria worked on Beavis and Butthead. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he worked there. Um, And Susie Lewis. Um, Daria was basically a combination of the two of them. <laughs> kind of weird. Which is, I think, the dream. Like, should someone make who? a character about based on us? Should we do it? The two of us? Yeah. Maybe one of them can be Cartoon Girl. Yeah. And a lot of people <laughs> in the office basically said Daria is Glenn in a dress. Right. Um, but so Glenn, his big inspiration for Daria was actually my so-called life. Guys, we're going to talk about my so-called life in every episode. It all comes back to Angela Chase. Um, But what's interesting is so, you know, as you guys might remember from our series on my so-called life and freaks and geeks, my so-called life gets canceled uh, officially around 95. Right. Yes. But even before it got canceled, MTV was like, we want it. We want it. And they're smart because they're smart. And they started airing the episodes. And so... Of course it was doing well on MTV. It was the only, like, female-oriented show. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Totally. This makes perfect sense now. Perfect sense. But so Glenn was a huge fan of the show and, like, used it as a lot of inspiration. He actually used, like, Jordan Catalano as inspiration for Trent's character later. So smart. So smart. And then Susie Lewis helped define the animation style. Yes. So I read this fascinating article um, and so you and I have been re-watching a lot of Daria, which I think it holds up very well. Yeah, definitely. Maybe not like content-wise, but the look of the show in particular holds up very well. And a lot of that is a testament to Susie Lewis. So she was very definitive on how the show should look and that it should be sort of primary colors, strong animation as opposed to the really sketchy um, sort of Mike Judge style of Beavis and Butthead. And that's actually supposed to be representative of Daria's outlook on life. Like Daria's, oh. yeah, Daria's very direct. Like, this is what, you know, she this believes. Is deep. I know. I was fascinated. But I actually think that it makes the show um, more iconic because when you look at it, it's very clear and strong and I think very memorable. It was, yeah. I don't know. It was interesting. Um, the other thing, though, is that Glenn Eichler is the exact opposite person of Mike Judge. So Daria's animation is the opposite of Beavis and Butthead. Yep. Glenn's the opposite of Mike Judge. It yeah. makes sense. And Mike Judge is very, um, he's self-taught. He's like a Texas boy. And Glenn Eichler 
came out of Harvard, came out of the Harvard Lampoon. You always gonna get shit if you're a Harvard <laughs> Lampoon person. You're, people are always gonna be like, oh, yeah, something. But I mean, I mean, they're still funny. Yeah, Conan O'Brien. Like, I mean, everyone, like half of Hollywood worked on the Harvard Lampoon, so it's like you can't really shit on it. But there definitely is that sort of like classism like between yeah. people who did and people who didn't. Um, and so, and I, I think they didn't really get along very well either, Mike Judge and Glenn Enkler, which would make sense. They just come from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, you have Glenn Eichler and Susie Lewis, they're like putting this show together, but they kind of have to find like their cast of characters. Yeah, or who's I mean, they already have with. Tracy Grandstaff on board mm-hmm. by default. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, um, you're the voice. But Wendy Hoops, she, okay, she voices Daria's best friend, Jane Lane, Daria's mom, Helen Morgendorfer. And Daria's sister, Quinn Morgendorfer. I don't understand how she that is, is a magician. Magic. I, yeah. I don't know how she can do those three. They're so different. But she was super smart. When, when she graduated from NYU, sent them a tape of her voice work. It was like, I would love to work on Beavis and Butthead. And then s- suggested her own idea. Or like, wouldn't it be great if we did a, an animated show for a smart female? Blah, blah, blah. Cut to Daria's happening. Right. And Susie Lewis contacts her. It's happening. She secreted her life. She just put it out there. I'm assuming she had some sort of poster board in her NYU dorm room. And she was like, this is what I'm going to do. And she did it. I appreciate it. Um, So now you have all of these people kind of on board. And what do you do in television when you got to get a show off the ground? You make a pilot. But... This pilot's a little different. Yeah, this pilot was not meant to be seen by the public. No, it's more of like a more of like a pitch. Yeah, like a rough draft. It almost feels like a like a college project a little bit. Yeah. So it never airs. Like if you go and you're, you know, go to mtv.com and you're looking to watch all It's on of YouTube. Yes. Um it's it on the DVD there. bonus features if you have the complete Daria <laughs> like someone that like me in this room does. Mhm. Um, but basically, it's in black and white. Uh, the voices are a little bit different. Not of the main characters that we meet, but there are some people who are different. Um, and essentially what happens, it's, you know, Daria gets insulted and lures Kevin, uh, who's the dumb football jock guy, into a revenge plot, making him fall for her. In the end, he ends up on a date with Quinn. Um <laughs> So all that happens in five minutes. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. And my thing about the pilot is that Daria is a little bit more manipulative. Yeah. And she has a terrifying toothy grin Ooh, at yeah. one point. Don't like it. People don't like don't seeing her like teeth. That. No, it's weird. It's like early Simpsons, too, when they have like really aggressive teeth. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, we don't need this. We don't need these teeth in our animated characters. Um, But surprisingly, it tested very well with junior high kids. Yeah. And it was was good to go. Um, So for uh, a little bit of background, too, I don't think most people realize how long it takes to make an episode of an animated show. One that's drawn by hand, which these shows were. Because they do it and then send it over somewhere else to do like the color work. Yeah. yeah. Typically, it takes anywhere from like eight months to a year to execute one episode That's of an insane. animated show. Um, as a like uh, South Park, for example, 
takes a week because it's all computer. But if you're drawing it by hand, like, you know, you have to, one, you have to create the templates, then all the intermediary motions of people, like any movement takes a lot of time. Yeah, you can notice in like the first couple seasons, there are some like cells that are messed up just a little bit. Right. I noticed when we were watching it the other day. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So, you know, all these things, this is happening, but for the show to officially air on March 3rd, 1997, it probably started this whole process like in the middle to the end of 1995. So this has been in the works for quite some time. So on March 3rd, 1997, the first episode airs on MTV and it's called Esteemsters. And we were never the same. <laughs> we were never <laughs> the same. Do you want to give like a little sure. overview? Um, basically, the Morgendorfers are moving to Lawndale from Highland, which mm-hmm. is the only shout-out given to Beavis and Butthead. That's right. the town they're from. Okay. So they, Morgendorfers are moving to Lawndale, and then Daria and Quinn are going to a new school. Quinn, obviously, she's cute, popular, making friends quite easily, and super cool, smart. Daria is having some trouble. Right. But they have... They also have to take a test. Um, So, you know, yes, they've sort of like Quinn makes friends right away, but they have to take this self-esteem test, essentially. Um, And Quinn hates taking tests. Uh, But basically what happens is that Daria fails. I don't know if you fail, if you can fail a test like this, but it was concerning. It was concerning enough that she had to take a self-esteem course. Quinn, of course, does not. And lucky for everyone... I brought a relic from my childhood called the Daria Diaries. You guys, this book is, first of all, it's pristine. It's like you never read it before. I've looked at it so many times. By the way, you just I pulled a bookmark and it just memorized, <laughs> which is a Fangirl Friday sticker. Yeah, obviously. Contact us if you want one. <laughs> but, so what's going on with this book? Okay, so there are the, the written tests they take for yes. the self-esteem mm-hmm. class, and... It's like questions like, is the glass em- half empty, half full? Uh-huh. Obviously, Quinn's is full. Daria's is empty. But there are a couple funny ones. Um, question number five is, what is this girl thinking? And it's an image of a girl sitting at her, at her desk just staring into space. Okay. Quinn, how is it possible to combine conditioner and shampoo in one hair care product? <laughs> Daria, what happened to my legs? Because oh, you can only because see Because it's only the half. desk above. <laughs> And That's my hilarious. other favorite, nine, if, is this a bunny or a duck? And it's that weird image where yeah. it can be either. Mm-hmm. Quinn, a bunny, but not a very cute one. And Daria, neither. I would consider it a dunny. <laughs> These, Daria's answers remind me of my dad oh, taking really? like a weird written test and he would be cracking up at his own answers. So your dad is, is akin to like a 16 to 17 year old <laughs> girl. A in smart the one, though. A super smart one. Um... <laughs> We will post some photos of this book because... Yeah, we'll probably use it for more resources, too. It's dense. It's got maps of the town, Daria's room, Quinn's room, fashion club. It has some like, paper dolls in it that you never cut out. No. Uh, classmate notes. Like, it's got everything. It's got everything in there. Um, the other thing that I like about the first episode of Daria is that we essentially meet everyone, Right. All of the main characters, I think. I don't know if we meet Jody and Mac. Hmm. I'd have to go back. But so we meet the parents, uh, which are Helen and Jake Morgendorfer. 
Um, and Helen is very like ball busting, like litigator. What does the dad do? Do we know? Is he a lawyer? I don't. He seems too nice <laughs> to be a lawyer. He's always in a suit, though. Um, and then we also meet, um, we meet Jane, aforementioned. We meet Quinn, Daria. Um, Do we meet Trent, Jane's brother? I don't think don't so. don't think so in the first episode, no. Um, but we do meet a couple of other characters that I love. And I love that they're all like loosely based on other like 90s pop kind of culture references or icons. Um, so we meet, let's see, we meet Mr. DiMartino. He's the teacher that's always like, his eyes about it's, to like bulge out of his about, face. Yeah, it's about to blow up. Yeah, because he's got a lot of anger. Um, but so he was based on Christopher Walken's character in Pulp Fiction. Okay. And actually, that makes sense. I know, it makes a lot of sense. He was actually drawn like while that movie was being watched, and the animator would like pause Pulp Fiction, like sketch Mr. DiMartino, and then like continue to resume because they wanted to like get it right. Yeah, I do know Brittany is based on. Jenny McCarthy during her singled out MTV era. Like her look or her... More like her look, I think. Okay, because personalities. Yeah. Because Brittany is Kevin's girlfriend. She's always in her cheerleading outfit. And she's dumb. Yeah. Very, very dumb. dumb. And I would not describe Jenny McCarthy particularly singled out Jenny McCarthy as dumb. No. Because she was kind of mean. No. Oh, and some of the other cheerleaders, they don't... I think they have a line here and there, but they're not important characters, mm-hmm. but they are based on, like, 90s heartthrobs. Yeah, 90s lady heartthrobs. Yes. Like so, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah, you have a Jennifer Love Hewitt. You have one that's based on Katie Holmes. Katie one Holmes. One that's Sarah Michelle Gellar. Super smart idea. Pre-Tom Cruise, Katie Holmes. Such a babe. Forgot she existed. I know. She was a real thing. <laughs> Dawson's Creek, she was a real thing. And then you you mentioned Trent. We I don't believe we see him in the first episode of Steamsters, but... He was based on Dave Navarro, but named after Trent Reznor. So just like super 90s. Yeah. The most 90s. (laughs) The most 90s. Um, Was there a particular character that you related to more than any other? Well, I was watching this, when was this, 1997, 98? Mm -hmm. So I was still in elementary school. Why don't you brag about it? I'm... No, I'm not bad. <laughs> uh, I thought Daria was super cool. Yeah. I wanted to be like friends with her and Jane. But all you know, I'm listening to Spice Girls around this time. I you know, bubblegum stuff's happening. Yeah. So there was a part of me that loved Quinn and her fashion club. Mm-hmm. Every time they changed an outfit, I was paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> so like, if you were a girl lipstick. character, I was like, Oh, they're so cool. The show is definitely dominated by good girl characters, which makes sense. That was who it was directed at. I was a little bit the same. The thing I always loved about Daria was that she was super smart and unapologetic for it. And she actually like saw it as an asset. You know, I think a lot of times it's a, it's a pretty common trope in a lot of sort of teen oriented shows, but you have the super smart girl that like tries to dumb herself down. to like boys will like her and like bullshit like that. And Daria never, ever did that. The one thing I didn't love about her is that she sort of purposefully isolated herself, which is like very anti-me. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that doesn't bother me. But, okay. <laughs> and um, but yeah, she was so cool. And she just like 
like we talked about with the animation, she, she was so definitive in sort of what she thought. And, you know, her outlook on life was very specific and precise. And I think that's so unique for a teenage girl where you're like, wait, what? What did you say? Oh, I like that too. Oh, no, that's terrible. <laughs> what? You know, it's like Daria was very purposeful. And I, I really liked that about her. But we, we took the other day, we took a quiz on like <laughs> popsugar.com. It was like, which Daria character are you? And I think we were both surprised with what we got. Until we read the descriptions, right? That's true. That's true. Okay, so you got... I got Daria. And you... What? Why were you surprised by that? I don't know. I, I didn't think I was, I don't know, as quiet and isolated. <laughs> Hateful. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but I have the definition. Oh, you kept them? Yeah, I kept okay. them. Okay, so this is the definition that Natalie got after taking this quiz. You're smart and intuitive with a dry, biting wit. You prefer to keep one or two good friends that you can totally be yourself around rather than be part of a group. Despite being a bit antisocial, you have a lot to say. You typically get the last word in conversations and can always be counted on to make a sarcastic comment or lightly veiled insult <laughs> at just the right time. You have a tendency to hide behind your cynicism and snarky sense of humor, but deep down... You're more thoughtful and sensitive than people know. No, I'm not not thoughtful <laughs> or sensitive. What are you talking about? Are you crying? <laughs> no, but uh, have, being antisocial and having a lot to say, that's why I have a podcast. It's the foundation for <laughs> Fango Fridays, basically. Yeah. So I 100% relate to this. Yeah. I, when I read it, I was like, oh, my God, you are Daria. That was amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and then I took the quiz. Who did you think you were going to get? That's a great question. I kind of thought I would get Quinn. And the only reason why that sounds terrible because like, Quinn's kind of awful, but she's obviously very sort of ebullient and outgoing and like is very Susie High School, which was a little bit like how I was. But I got the dad. I got <laughs> Jake Morgan. So you thought you were like insane. Yeah. I was like, what? I don't, because I don't even, when I think about Daria, I don't even think about the dad really at all. I do. You do? So you always like, think about the mom. Comic relief. Yeah. But I always felt like he was so out of it. Like he's always reading a paper and he's like, what? Like he's just kind of like an idiot dad a just little like bit. Just like you. Idiot I know, dad. Idiot dad. Always wearing that suit. Um, but here's my definition. And I was like, oh, they got me. Uh, people find it easy to talk to you because of your open-minded attitude and penchant for giving solid advice. You are loving and supportive, and you can always be counted on to lend an ear or a few encouraging words to someone in need. Even though you can be a bit neurotic, it's only because you're such a perfectionist. Overall, you have a rosy outlook on life, and though you tend to get stuck in the past, you are gen generally good at snapping out of it and reminding yourself to live in the moment. Who wrote these? I mean, do you are the idiot dad. <laughs> do they watch us? But I love the part where it's like, you tend to get stuck in the past, where it's like, yeah, that's why I have a podcast about 90s and 2000s television. <laughs> like, obviously. Um, but yeah, apparently I'm a Jake Morgendorfer. Who knew? Well, now you know. <sighs> so before we end this episode, I think we have to talk about 
what is basically like another character of the show. You know how they always say New York City is like the fifth sex in the city woman? <laughs> it's the fifth sex in the city. <laughs> fifth sex in the city. Yes, it's the fifth character. A character in this show is the theme song. It's so iconic. I mean, it's essentially like 90s pop culture perfection. Um, for those of you who have never seen Daria, I hope that's like one person. Yeah, but one. The one of you. It's out by there. a band called Splendora, mm-hmm. and the song is titled You're Standing on My Neck. Now, was this a real song? For Daria. But not like on an album somewhere that they found. No. Okay, so this band had five members. Okay. Two of them were sisters, Janet and Trisha Weigel. And for some reason, they had some strings in this band. Like a cello? And the cello player. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cello and violin. Uh The cello player was a producer on a new MTV show called Daria. Do we need to be friends with more cellists? Yeah. You don't know what they're doing during the day. (laughs) True. Cellist by night. They were doing super cool things. Okay. Um, So this band only had one album. That's it. Ever? And yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and somehow this CD ended up on Susie Lewis's desk. The mm. cellist, sneaky, sneaky cellist. And you know, perfect timing. They needed an. Uh, they wanted an unknown band yeah, to so do a theme song. Didn't have to pay them. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're being smart yeah, with their money. They are. Um, so they asked them to record, you know, a demo. And then they had certain phrases that they wanted the bands to use for the songs. And one of them was literally, you're standing on my neck. And they, they really went with that phrase. They took that they and took they it. ran with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's amazing. They never released it. Like in all that TLC situation? Don't get me started oh, on that. I need a three minute version <laughs> of the all that theme song. They can't do it now because Left Eye's gone and no. she's like the main part of that song they're just tc now oh Oh, it's upsetting such a good theme it's my all-time favorite i think really yeah Mm, it's great family matters a second um okay lost my place sorry lost my train of thought that's so upset but basically you can't buy the daria theme song as a single yes right okay you can't buy it and but it's like legendary yeah these sisters still get bands sending them their covers of the song 20 years later. Yeah. Amazing. It's a jam. But Splendora never put out another album. No, they never put out another album, but they did create two more songs because Daria, we'll talk about it later, um, had two TV movies. Mm -hmm. And they did original songs called Turn the Sun Down and College Try. And I'm sure we'll talk about that when we get into the TV movies. I think I'm going to need to listen to them again. I don't feel as if they're as iconic. No, they're not. You're standing on my neck. Okay. Um, that was some good info. I feel like I learned a lot about Splendora. Do we yeah. need to buy their album? Yeah, if we can find it. I know. Is it out of print? Ooh, out of print. That made it sound cool and vintage-y. Um, I also want to track down this cellist. Want to know if they're still working in the biz. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the biz. The biz. That's what I want to know. So I think that's it for our first episode. Yeah, that's we enough. You- yeah. It's a lot of information for you guys. We give you a little background on, on Daria, yeah. how she came to be. Next week, we're going to talk about some of our favorite episodes, some of the best episodes through the the whole run, maybe through all five seasons. Yeah. Maybe a little more music talk. Well, maybe. There's some things to talk Mystic about. Mystic Spiral. 
We haven't even talked about the fictional show Six Ed World yet. I mean, why is that not a show? Just in general. Why didn't they spin that off? Yeah. Why wasn't that its own thing? We got to talk about it. Um, Okay. So until next episode, guys, as always, um, definitely follow us on Instagram, Fangirl Fridays Podcast, because Natalie will post some photos of this amazing book. Yeah. Artifact. It's a jewel. Everything's an artifact. (laughs) Well, anything that's over 20 years old to me is an artifact. Yeah. This antiquity. Um, You can also find us on Facebook or Twitter, FGF Podcast. Um, And if... You know, if you're feeling like it, maybe leave us a review. We love Tell a too. friend. Oh, also find that quiz on Pop Sugar and tell us who you are. I want to know if anyone gets Jody, I'm going to be supremely jealous. Yeah, Jody's the coolest. She's so cool. But email us at hellofangirls at gmail.com and let us know. Let us know who you got. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.